Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I'm so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, they're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Jason Stein. Jason has a private coaching practice where he's helped hundreds of small business owners around the world mindfully focus their business on their PRI, profits, relationships, and impact. Jason has combined over 20 years of experience in the fields of medicine, coaching, and training. His titles have included Medical Director of Integrative Medicine, Chair of Professional Development and Chief Instigator. Jason lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife, three children, and Pitbull Jane. So welcome to the podcast, Jason. Great. Okay. Glad to have you here. Thank you for having me, Ursula. <laughs> My pleasure. So what is it that drew you to this this business that you have? Because your your background is really interesting. You've got this background in medicine and and training. Uh, which is somewhat related, and now you're uh, at this point where happily you're you're part of your impact, part of your focus at least is on impact, but also profit and relationships. Can you share what how how you how that came about for you? Sure, you know it, it's uh, kind of a meandered road for most entrepreneurs, and for me personally, uh, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So my grandfather, my father, and then myself. When I started in medicine, um, I chose the specialty of Chinese medicine, so acupuncture and herbs. And in the state of New Mexico, uh, after graduating and going through state testing, you become a primary care physician. Mm -hmm. And very early on in my career, I was given the opportunity to build an integrative medicine program in a Western hospital. And it was really great to bring in Tai Chi and yoga and acupuncture and massage alongside physical therapy, occupational therapy, surgery. And what I found though, in working in a rehab center, is that most of my inpatient and outpatient were getting ill from their working environment. Hmm. The place they were spending most of their time was actually killing them rather than making them healthier. And I realized I was at a crossroads where I could either work with them after they became ill, or I could figure out how to work with them preventatively before the workplace got so intense. And for me personally, when you get into working with employees and workers, you have to start to choose who do you want to make the biggest impact with. And for me personally, I've always felt that small business owners make the biggest impact in any community. They're mm -hmm. the ones that pay the most taxes. They're the ones that are involved in the community leadership. They're the ones that are the fabric of any local community. And so what I found is that small business owners love the community, but often they, they aren't working very sustainably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you about small business owners. I, I often say that our, um, our 
all impact begins locally in the mm. sense of whoever it is that is in your community of people. And um, so small business owners play a really huge role in that. So it's true. Is it important to you to have impact with your business? Absolutely. It's one of my uh, founding principles that to have impact to me means that there, there's a part of me that's being used and being of service that goes beyond myself goes beyond just profitability and really making a difference. And I think that that making a difference in a business is a really important concept because some businesses just come into play to make profit. And nowadays, even in schools, they teach, you know, starting with your exit strategy. And and I'm not a big believer in that. Mm -hmm. Did did that start out as as something that you wanted to do in your work? You started out in medicine, so I'm assuming that you wanted to make a difference with people. Is is that something that's evolved further over time, too? In some ways, it has. You know, when I started realizing that I wanted out of the hospital and, and doing work a different way, I did about two years chaplaincy training. And when we went around and we all had projects, we, uh, they all seem to be for hospice or for, um, different places that really you could see a chaplain go in. And mine was always focused on workplace environments. Mm -hmm. Um, later I went and, uh, I went to coaching school and in coaching school, one of the projects was you had to donate your time to give a training to an organization where you could make a difference, which I thought was a great project. And so I started teaching meditation in the workplace. And so there's always been this crossover of the yin of nourishment, restoration, and the yang of profitability and hard numbers and bottom lines. I, I've never heard anybody describe it like that with the yin and the yang as being the two sides of of what happens in the workplace and in business. That's great. Is, is, um, do you feel that your values come into play in the way that you choose to operate your business? I, I, I ask this question of, of pretty much everyone because my belief is that your impact is grounded in your values, that everything that you do, whether your values are conscious or not, comes out of what you hold to be important. So could you share a little bit about what you value and, and how you see that playing out in the business that you have? Sure. Um, I could give you a couple direct examples. Uh, one of my values is, is uh, integrity. And alongside integrity comes honesty. And I can remember um, missing an appointment um, because I just missed it. it. It wasn't on my calendar. And, and uh, when the client asked, well, why did you miss the appointment? I, I made up a white lie. And I just, I was like, well, I, my technology glitched. It wasn't my fault. And then I realized that just wasn't true. And I had to call back and let them know that I, I lied. <laughs> and it wasn't an easy phone call. But I'm a believer that you know, people that hide things are people that have to carry more than their share. Mm -hmm. And when we're honest and when we just clear things up in the moment, 
life is just a lot lighter. So my principle in business is honesty and integrity first, even when you don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And you're right. At, at times it's hard to be honest, whether it's awkward moments where you just simply forget something or, or something deeper. Yeah. Another principle for me is family that there people will say that balance is a myth that you just you can't have balance and uh, coming from Chinese medicine and understanding Taoist principles balance is not a myth there's always a, a constant state of ever evolving balance even when you're out of balance and uh, one example is my wife really does not like my iPhone <laughs> and and she especially doesn't like it in the bedroom and so um recently i've just made a commitment to not have the iphone in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and there are times as a business owner uh, i like to be able to be accessible to my clients although i don't work sundays i'm often working saturdays and i enjoy that connection but not at the cost of my family Mm -hmm. so those were the two core core values yeah no those are great examples so what are the important ways that you, in your work, impact your clients? That's a great question. How do I impact them? Well, I find that most people these days are operating from the neck up. You know, we're on a go, 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 fast company, fast food, fast whatever. And we really need to reevaluate how we can slow things down. So any coaching company that is starting to hype six figures, six income, yes, there may be <laughs> one person in the cohort that can achieve that. But but generally, that's not the way of business. Business takes time, it takes relationships, and it takes money. And when you can slow it down, you really can double your income. Uh, but it usually happens, you know, a year, 18 months, sometimes longer. Uh, and you really want to think about long-term strategies uh, with some short-term focus rather than everything being the hustle. Hustle this, hustle that. You know, most of the people that I know that live in the hustle really do end up with adrenal fatigue and then they end up not being able to work full with their tank being full and being full because they're just trying to recover. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you make a good point about the, you know, six figures in six days. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but the claims that are often made. <laughs> I think I have seen that often. <laughs> and and uh, it really puts people in an, a really awful position because there's an inherent pressure in that. And people don't often share everything that went before that point where you're poised and able to generate that kind of income it involves a lot of effort and planning and and work before that point yeah i just uh, agree with you and say on top of that are emotions of shame and guilt for mm-hmm. the people that feel like they're not normal and there's something wrong with them so marketing can be a huge game to build a relationship or just to recruit even at the cost of being out of integrity. And 
you know, there, there's no shortage of lines at uh, prescription uh, places within inside your supermarket. There's no shortage of lines uh, in the fast food drive through. There's no shortage of wait time when you call your internet company to get customer service. So we know that it, it is about accessibility, but we have to find a way that we can bring in that human element as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you make a really great point about the human element that um, taking care of our clients and taking care of ourselves is really a, a way of looking at business that isn't talked about very much. And I think it's it's super important because if you're if you're trying to manipulate someone in your marketing to make a, a guilt or shame based decision, how is that caring for someone? It's not. So. Yeah, I think that customer service, uh, that's the competitive edge right now. If you can bring a higher level of customer service, you actually are going to be building relationships of people that know that you see them and that you want to be a contribution to them. Um, a perfect example, recently I left uh, the gym I was working out with because there were some interactions for me that I just wasn't feeling comfortable and I didn't feel like the gym was taking care of the audience in the way that it could. And it wasn't two weeks after I joined the new gym, the old gym sent me an automated email and it said, dear Jason, we haven't seen you in a few weeks and we know that you're working on your goals of, and then there was a blank and then it went on to the rest of the templated email. Oh my gosh. And, and I am a fan of automation. Right. Like if you're serious about small business, you have to have a client relationship management tool. Right. You have to start thinking about automation in your emailing and in your online scheduling because it's helpful. But if you forget to bring the human element in there mm-hmm. and you're just doing a paint by numbers, your audience is going to feel that. Right. Absolutely. Well, in the in the development of, of your business and the impact you're having with your clients, what effect do you feel this is having in the larger world? I, I think people are, are getting more of a sense of a global picture with everything that's going on now. It's not just about us and our tiny little immediate world. It's really about how our impact ripples out. What are some ways that you, do you feel that you're having an impact in the larger world? And, and what does it, what does it seem like to you or what, what is it for you? Oh, that's a great question. And yes, I I do feel like I'm having an impact because I have a, a saying, um, that I sign all my emails with, which is together is better. And, Sometimes uh, we talk about coaching, and coaching is pretty uh, low bar to enter into the field. And so there are a lot of coaches that come in, and they really want to make a difference, but they don't get that sustainability up and running. And so when I think about the impact that I'm making, I actually had chose coaching because I love multiple businesses. And by helping people grow their business, their relationships, their profits, their impact, I'm able to help a lot of companies rather than just one. And some of the ways that I've seen that is that I had a software company recently that they're really growing and they are um, 
touching, I think they've touched over a million lives through email, through the platform that they've built. And so what I realized is that their, um, their marketing strategy wasn't infusing that human element I'm talking about. So the owner started posting more about his personal journey. Uh, they started doing motivational Mondays um, on Facebook to really inspire people a bit more. And so I, I feel that often I have a hand in people sharing more of themselves. Mm -hmm. And in sharing more of themselves, I feel that there's more connection. You know, if I walk down to Walmart, there's a chance I might not feel connection. Uh, I'll see a greeter and maybe they're the person that connects with me. But I also feel there's a lot of lights, there's a lot of sales, there's a lot about pushing product. And when you have your small business and you can get a little bit more intimate, not only about the successes, but about the failures, people will relate to you and they will connect to you. And so Ursula, the very long-winded answer is, <laughs> I feel like I'm having an impact by people showing up more as human and connecting with other people. Mm. That is so basic to our our nature and our need to have that connection and, and to do that in every aspect of our lives, including work and business, is, is so valuable. So that's, that's amazing. Well, one of the things that comes up in this, this impactful work that we do that it's we have to make some choices about how we're spending our time and energy. It's not that we can do everything we can think of and, and entrepreneurs can usually think of a lot of things to do. What do you, what do you feel or what have you found is the best use of your time and energy within your business? Uh, there's been a couple. Uh, do you mean as far as me becoming visible and sharing or can you ask the question a different way? Sure. Um, I, one of the things that I've, I've come to learn myself and working with my own clients is that we're, we're always having conversations about, well, I have this many hours in the day or I have mm. this, this much time this week. And how am I going to use that time in the most impactful way possible? So we have to make choices around that. So what kind of choices have you made and, and what have you chosen to be a, a focus for your time and energy that you feel helps you be impactful? Hmm, that's a great question. Well, one is to show up. So um, show up with your family first. I have um, a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 6-month-old. And I think that if you're just working and you're pushing on it, your family may crack. So really with that time figuring out, um, and someone once told me, it's not the quantity of time spent, it's the quality. So make sure you're putting your phone away, putting your laptop away. Uh, we have dinner at the table every night together, and we share what we call a high-low high. What was the high of the day, a low of the day, and a high of a day? Hmm. And it's that little piece that I feel really is an anchor in ritual and an anchor in really making sure everyone in the family unit is doing okay. And if someone needs some extra um, attention, then we can, we can do that. On the business side, I find that my one, number one 
uh, resource is again the human connection. So I um, I do a lot of public speaking, and I find that that generates uh, the right people to connect with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend time. Um, I have a regular newsletter, and you got to find your sweet spot. So for me making videos is really simple and I tried to write for a long time and I'm not a very good writer and I often joke that I'm illiterate in more than one language <laughs> and so turning that camera on and, and just and and giving a message about money and about relationships and business is, is really uh, pretty easy for me so finding what you're already good at rather than what do you have to learn again and again and the last piece for me is you got to have fun that if business isn't fun no one would want to do it and so part of my marketing strategy a year ago I had this creative brainstorm that um, I really like chocolate so what if I work for chocolate so (laughs) I decided a landing page with an automatic calendar and I, I wrote out like how I will give 30 minutes of solid business strategy for your favorite chocolate. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't have it on my website, but people find it all the time, the link. And um, that fills me up both in my heart and in my belly every month. <laughs> I love that idea. What, a, what an innovative approach and, and fun, too. What a great way to, to come to people with and to meet them um, mm. at the point of chocolate, which everybody can relate to. So that's great. Mm. Are there things that, um, aspects of the work that you're doing that maybe haven't come super easy and that yet you're still willing to struggle to get better at? One of the things that we often hear in marketing is, oh, I, you know, I had a business and there was just a smooth progression and and now I'm making all this money and we don't often hear about the things that we struggle with or that we are challenged by. So I always Mm. think it's helpful to hear about that from people that are successful as a way to not only encourage people that, yes, it's not always that smooth, but also how have you dealt with it? Mm. This is a great question, and I would challenge anyone that says it was smooth sailing. Either either they won the lottery or they're lying. (laughs) (laughs) So there's two areas for me that have been a challenge. The first is that I'm not detail-oriented by nature. And so if I take assessment tests, I have creativity, I have vision, I have big picture. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts – Um, that isn't always easy for me. So I've leaned into strategic partners, I've leaned into virtual assistants, and I've also learned how to get a little bit more detail-oriented to be able to manage the systems, because you have to have systems in your business or you're recreating the wheel day after day after day. The other um, that I say uh, a little embarrassed is money. Like I, I really, I always made more money than I needed. And then I had a business partner that loved to spend money and I loved to save money. And I never looked at it until my business partner embezzled the money. Wow. <laughs> and when I went through embezzlement, unfortunately, it wasn't salvageable. So I had to go through bankruptcy. And I could blame that business partner all I want, but I was the one not looking at the money. 
I didn't look at it. And so I really had to start with 101. And everyone told me, you know, you can't really outsource your books till you learn how to do them yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I spent six months really in a state of panic and upset and uncomfortability because my brain didn't work that way. And so I finally said that my advisors were, they didn't understand me or my wiring and I found a bookkeeper that worked not only on the black and white numbers, but also on the emotional side. And I was able to um, rebound, and this was over 10 years ago, but rebound quite fast from having nothing and uh, really struggling to making a solid income. Well, thanks for sharing that, Jason, of your experience, because money and and bookkeeping and finance is a challenge for a lot of people that, especially for people that are conscious entrepreneurs or heart-based entrepreneurs, they find that aspect of it really tough. So mm -hmm. for you to really talk about your own experience and how you were able to move out of it, I think is so valuable for people to hear because it it's it's so difficult if you have a challenge around money to even bring yourself to look at your statements and do some tracking and all those things that come easily for some people do not necessarily come easily for others. So um, the fact you're able to move through that and and looking at numbers can be enormously grounding and yet terrifying at the same time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it sounds like you had that experience too when you were working through that process of, of recreating your business in a way. Well, yeah, it was an experience for me because I realized we're all patterned from youth, from whatever our parents or parental figures taught us about money that we either go that direction or we actually go the polar opposite opposite. And for me personally, I was always taught just work hard and make more than you need and you'll always be okay. And that strategy doesn't always work. And so when I realized that I had to start working with money as a relationship and it's good to see like if <clears throat> George Washington is a person and you're in relationship with him, like what kind of relationship do you have with your money? Mm -hmm. And and for me, when my bookkeeper wanted me to start to save up to buy things for myself, that was one of the hardest lessons that I had to overcome. And we started with something really small, which was just a grill. And uh, I, you know, the grill I think was three hundred dollars, and I'd saved the money within three months and. And just buying the grill was hard to do until I brought it home. And then I loved that grill. And, <laughs> you know, so we moved up from a grill to a motorcycle in cash and then a car in cash. And it's quite fun once you develop a healthy relationship with money to play. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can start small and you can grow from there. Yeah. What did you find so challenging about it at first? Uh, I think that I had some really internal wiring that said, if you don't save it, bad things will happen. Uh, yeah. So just spending, spending money on something you wanted. Oh, yeah. A challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I actually, I thought that I may have been the most frugal person in the world until I met <laughs> my wife. And she, she puts me to shame. 
<laughs> well, it sounds like you're a good combination, <laughs> at least matched we're in that great, way. We're a great fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this talking about, you know, dealing with issues or obstacles that come up, one of the things that would be great to hear about is how you take care of yourself in this process when you come across challenges or even in the day-to-day, because when, when we're committed and dedicated and inspired by the work that we're doing, it's easy to get caught up in just working a lot. And um, that yeah. can have all kinds of effects. So h- how do you take care of yourself? How, how does, how does it, um, how do you build that into your, your, time in your life it's a great question too i you know it's interesting because i think in some ways we live in a bubble so we don't really know how much we're doing till we can kind of get outside that bubble and so when you ask me the question and i reflect on it i i really feel like i have some good systems in place so i've meditated for years and probably six months ago i picked up headspace um the app and I really enjoy it. And so I do headspace for 10 minutes a day, every day. Um, I like to push my body. So my wife and I do a uh, CrossFit type gym. It's not CrossFit, but it's hardcore uh, boot camp workouts. Mm-hmm. And so lots of pull-ups, push-ups. Uh, right now I'm getting into animal flow, which is really working on mobility. And then um, my wife does all the cooking and she's a naturopathic physician. So we eat a lot of organic. There's always a green with the meal. Uh, and uh, I think the combination of uh, the movement, the food in, uh, that's healthier, and uh, the mindfulness practices uh, make a huge difference. And so I would say you can't just eat what you want, not move. <laughs> <laughs> and and never meditate and hope that you're more tolerant in the world. And and what I'm noticing is you would think I would do all those things and I'd just be like a really nice, empathetic guy. But, <laughs> you know, but I'm not. Empathy doesn't didn't come naturally to me. I still have to practice it, especially with kids. Uh, I find that for some people, especially in the heart-centered business world, that you're just so kind and I'm not. I, I really, it's something I have to practice. Like, I, I, you know, I ran a red light and kind of scowled at the person I cut off a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so you just, I'm human. And, and what I would say is in this world right now with the political climate and the changing global environment, people are becoming less tolerant. And so it's your job and it's my job, no matter where you fall on the spectrum of kindness and empathy, to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think empathy is something that always calls us to something bigger than ourselves. And um, that's challenging at times. Mm. And uh, yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah. Well, is there piece of advice or insight you would share with another business owner who also wants to be more impactful in their business, who wants to positively affect the people around them in the larger world? What, what advice would you give a business owner? <laughs> Best advice I ever received was uh, from Sean D'Souza. I think he's uh, out of New Zealand. He uh, was in advertising 
was a cartoonist and then understand it. He started to search, how does the brain work in marketing? And he created something called the 70% principle. And when things are 70% good enough in business, get them out the door. And his theory was, if it's 70% good enough and you add 20% to it after it's already live, it becomes 90% better. And if you add another 20% on top of that, it's 110 rather than never getting it out the door because it's 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example just yesterday. Um, I decided to beta test something this year. And, and so I'm doing live Zoom calls for my community uh, once a month uh, just as a kind of beta test to see what can happen. And it's always about money. And so yesterday's uh, was about low-hanging fruit. And I designed the class to talk about how to get some cash flow now. And I was really on the fence, do I make an offer at the end of my own talk on low-hanging fruit or not? Because I wasn't really ready, but it was 70% ready. And so I launched it, and it was a $100 offer for uh, uh, one-page business planning. Hmm. And uh, three people signed up within the first hour. So it was just an example that we all could wait and wait and wait. And for the listener, I'm talking to you right now because you're listening. And I know that sometimes we hear the speakers and we think, but they, you know, have more schooling or but they have just arrived more. And I'm talking to you. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Find something, get it 70 percent done in your business and get it out the door. I love that. And it's so worth repeating over and over because it's something that people hang on to, they hang on to something that's really valuable for their clients or customers to have, and yet they feel not ready, whether it's a, an internal fear about, am I good enough? Is this good enough? Or is this something that's really going to be helpful? All you can do is put it out there and see what happens. And that kind of experimentation can be can be so um, valuable. It gives you all kinds of information about what your your clients really want and need. So mm, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I like that. But they <laughs> dot dot dot. And right, it's true. People think about think of of whoever's speaking as well. They have this that I don't have. So um, thank you for highlighting that, Jason. That's so valuable to hear. Mm. So. Thank you for joining us today. I, uh, I I love so many of the things that you said and your email sign off together is better is just an amazing way of illustrating how you've really focused on human connection in your business and really reaching out to people and, and adding a human dimension to the businesses that they have. So thank you for the work that you do and, and for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having it. I, I love that there's more podcasts coming out about heart-centered entrepreneurship rather than just the bottom line, and mm-hmm. and I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Um, if if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Ah, well, you can always go to jasonstein.com. Uh, there isn't a www, so you'll have to go HTTP um, or just put in jasonstein.com, and then. Uh, you won't see it on the site, but if you're listening and you love chocolate like I love chocolate, <laughs> it's just jasonstein.com slash chocolate. 
And uh, that'll get you to the hidden secret page. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you again, Jason. It's been uh, wonderful having this conversation with you. Uh, thank you for having me. Just to you and all the listeners, I hope you guys have a great day. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.